0: Hmm? Ah.
1: Hey everybody, I'm Rima.
2: And I'm Sean.
1: And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show you
2: today we'll be covering the eighth episode from season two titled Fear and Loathing in Beverly Hills and the ninth episode Pi Joe
1: <laughs> I, I really like the Fear and Loathing in Beverly Hills I wasn't quite sure where they were going with that until I watched the episode
2: <laughs> yeah I kind of guessed that's where they were heading just with the title but yeah it was, a, it was fun a epi- couple fun episodes well yeah not really well the first one was kind of fun. Second one, not so much.
1: Maybe not so much fun for some of the characters involved, Mm. um, but certainly interesting and some twists and turns for sure. Yeah, I should have known. Should have known Fear and Loathing in in Beverly Hills, but I thought this is probably going to be a little bit trippy. I just didn't understand um, really the concept behind it and where they were going to go with it. So I'm really excited to start talking about this week's episode. And with that being said, I'll go ahead and start off this week. I don't know if I started off last week, but I'm taking over here um, for this week. So my number five, I want to talk a little bit about um, the fake kidnapping. So I think that was. I know they keep they keep fooling me. Maybe I'm being super naive. You know, maybe other people are watching this show and and they see that that car pull up and snatch 40 and Joe out of uh, a um back lot there where they kind of sit on their brakes or whatever. Um But it, it totally got me. I was like, Oh no, what's going on? And I really love that. You know, they, they get the hoods thrown on them and they're in the back of this, this car. And Joe is just going through all of his past transgressions. Like, Oh crap. Mm. who, who, who found me? Who caught me? Is it, you know, is it Dr. Nikki? You know, gotten some PIs or something from behind bars. You know, he's going through all of these things in his head. So it's super funny. And then in the middle of all of this, you know, 40's like, I'm so sorry. And I'm thinking, okay, what the hell? And 40 then confesses, you know, this uh, tall tale about a gambling addiction. And, you know, so I'm like, well, wait a minute. What? But, I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, why wouldn't? I mean, we know he's heavily addicted to yeah. um, alcohol, narcotics, and, you know, typically people, if they're addicted to one thing, they, they will most likely have an addictive personality, so they would be prone to get addicted to something else. Um, so, I mean, it makes sense, but i was just kind of like, oh, hell, um, and then just thinking how this is going to totally ruin everything for Joe because we know he's got Delilah locked up um, and he's, you know, he's got this schedule and he's on a timer and this whole thing is happening. Um, but then the, when
2: they're, the, reveal. the
1: reveal when they're in the hotel room and they pull the hoods off and the look on Joe's face <laughs> when, when Fordy's like, you know, oh, we're good. It was all oh. me. You know?
2: I, what do you think? It's pretty much, I mean, like, <clears throat> you know, you, you thought maybe this is a real thing, a real kidnapping. But, you know, it, it, this is a total 40 thing to do, too. And he tries to compare it with uh, some uh, writer about totally. how this is how she does it. <clears throat> and, yeah. you know, I love Joe walking around being like, there's a lot of accidents that can happen in a hotel room. Like, he was planning on killing 40 at I some know.
1: point. And it's like, dang it, Joe. You know, I'm tr- – I, I my memory sometimes just allows me it's like the selective memory selective amnesia allows me to sometimes forget how terrible Joe really is. You know, it's so easy to forget that because we get to hear his thoughts and he's the protagonist and um but then you're like Joe you're like friends with Forty and you're still come, trying to come up with ways on how you can kill him and make it look like an <laughs> accident. It's terrible. He hasn't hasn't fallen you know, um, or maybe risen, I should say. Um, he's falling from grace for sure, and maybe that's not a good term either. He's definitely not grace, graceful, but um, but yeah, yeah it, and, but it was funny. This, I thought the whole thing this was whole, really funny.
2: The whole thing, too, like uh, 40 has a uh, oh, a safe word they can use once, uh, <laughs> which I feel like they use more than once because you know they left and then came back, and it was. I don't know. I feel like that was kind of a little bit of a plot hole there. Maybe it wasn't as uh, not used because I think he left because they jumped out the window and that's where we see 40 drug his buddy with some water, which, again, don't do that. Like, don't don't secretly drug your friends. That's not fun. That's not cool. cool. It's like people who drug their pets. It's like they're not consenting to that. Don't do that. Yeah, Uh, I've I've never done acid either in my life, so uh, I've only know it from movies and from friends that have told me about it. But Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like the I think he said the three rules. uh, Let me see if I can find them. I had them written down. I know one was, uh, oh, cars are real. Yes. Anything you want to do, do it from the first floor. And if you start getting dry, drink some moon juice.
1: Yes. Start crying start crying start crying
2: oh, okay
1: yeah yeah it, i looked at moon juice too because i thought what the hell is moon juice like everyone else right was i the only one that didn't know what moon juice was um of course that's not a surprise there's a lot out there i don't know about but i and i tried to understand the significance like okay so what is it about moon juice that would counteract um you know effects because he makes it sound like if you're starting to cry you're really maybe you've had too much and and it's maybe going to somehow dilute it or kind of you know bring it back down a little bit you know um but it just seemed to be this drink that's it's like all natural of course and it's just full of all of these antioxidants and vitamins and minerals and I didn't see anything and maybe I'm missing it here. Maybe I'm just not seeing it cuz I was trying to google the significance of it. I just wasn't quite seeing what what it was about it. Um I've heard orange juice can help, but maybe that's wrong. Like it, you know, you could drink some orange juice if you feel like it's a little too much for you. Um but wasn't quite clear on the significance of moon juice. I don't know. Maybe it's just a, a forty thing. You know, he, I, that's he's, what I. He's kind of quirky, but but I'm, I'm curious. Like I said, I find out so many things with this show. I feel uh, it really makes me feel my age when I watch this show because so many terms and things I have just I'm completely clueless about, and then so much of it about like the LA lifestyle that I'm kind of not really a part of. Um, So I'm like, okay, what's this moon juice? What's, is this something, you know, significant? And I just, it just seems like it's just good for you um, in general. So yeah, I I don't know that the moon juice helped them as we see later on.
2: Would you, uh, what'd you think when 40 went and jumped out the window?
1: I was like, what the hell? Because we know he's on edge, right? I mean, Uh 40 really is unbalanced. And, you know, I feel like he's, uh, he could be almost suicidal and just, you know, and, and when he, if he gets like heartbreaking or devastating news, you know, where they're like, you got to scrap the script. That's it. You just, no, it's just not good. I could totally see him just being like, Oh, that's it. You know, what am I doing? I could see that one side of him, but I could also see a side of him that's pretty vain and like, he's too awesome to off himself. So I kind of see both, sides of why he would or wouldn't but i i really i had a panic moment there for a minute because i didn't you can't tell when they're out the window like what floor they're on and you're at a hotel so you assume you know well, and it's your high so, up.
2: yeah i would think you would have a suite way way up
1: exactly this seemed to be um it looks like from the outside of it like a boutique kind of hotel super nice and luxurious of course but you know, if you've ever been to like a, a boutique hotel, they're, they're, you know, a little smaller, you know, they don't, they're not like those big, massive, like Hilton's or, you know, whatever they're, they they do not have as many floors, but they're really nice and luxurious and, and um, like this one was so, but I mean, we didn't really know that at the time. Yeah, I had a panic moment. I was like, oh shit, you know, and he just psh, plunges. And that still had to freaking hurt. I mean, come oh, on. Yeah. I mean, uh, w- you don't know what the hell's in that. And how did he know that dumpster was there? Did he like plot out this
2: I room like that, purposely? Yeah, this isn't the first time he's been locked in a room. And I mean, if he's planning on dropping acid too, like you never want to go higher than the second floor. So that would make sense that he would pick that place.
1: Yeah, pretty convenient though that the dumpster was there. It was like, give me that room right there with the dumpster outside.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he <laughs> moved it.
1: Um, and then making sure that there was something in it so when he fell, which I still feel like would hurt like hell.
2: Yeah, I mean, you don't know like are there plates in there? Is there glass? Like it's it's not some like that's what I thought. Like uh, we see a big bruise on Joe yeah. later on. I thought maybe he got it from falling in the dumpster. Right, which
1: would have made perfect sense. Cause it didn't look like he had such a soft landing either. He thumped pretty hard too, but yeah, that's apparently not what that was from.
2: Yeah. It's funny too. Um, but, with the two grownups, Ellie was the most mature of the three.
1: She was definitely the most mature. She had her shit together. Um, and it was really funny when she, when she told Joe after 40 jumps out the window and, um, they're, they're both looking at him over, you know, over the edge and, You know, he's getting ready to take off and she's just like, I can't tell if you're um, what the worst babysitter ever or the I can't remember what else she said. But I I was like, yeah, you're definitely the the most mature out of out of those two, Ellie.
2: Well, it's kind of Ellie's fault, too, because if she was like because she because they finished the script, uh, that's kind of my number five is just the script session. So they're really going through it, hammering it out, you know. Will is like, All right, I got 16 hours to get out of here, and then Delilah's going to be set free. So I got to get this done. And I guess I just got to grin and bear it. And they get it done. He's like, All right, great. This is it. Let's go. Let's call this thing done. And Ellie's like, You know what? It's too predictable. Need some work. You know what you should do? <laughs> Start over.
1: Which was a nightmare for, for Joe to hear, of course, because yeah. he's like, No, nah, I thought we had this thing done, and I had all, you know, the rest is time to. To get
2: well, done. That's, that's what set uh, um, Forty off, too. He's like, oh, I got to go somewhere out. I got to get some fresh air. And that's when he jumps out. And, I, you know, with the script session, too, I mean, the, the biggest destructive thing, too, is while they're at that bar, not only does he drug Joe, but then he essentially kind of ruins a marriage.
1: He does. That's. I'm glad you're bringing that up. That's my, that's my number four. So if okay. yeah, you want to talk about your four. number five, yeah, number jump in with my number four to kind of flow into it. Exactly. He. I, I'm so mad at 40 in this moment for so much of this episode because I, he was really starting to grow on me and I felt like he was getting more depth and I was feeling... You know, sympathy towards him, especially after meeting his wretched parents. but that scene at the bar was despicable, and what he did to that couple was gross.
2: it's I mean, I feel like with him in that in that scene, he feels like he's losing control of all this stuff going on, right? like his script he's just got told he needs to rewrite it. Mm-hmm. He's having trouble with other things, he's having you know, control issues with Candace, so he's like, you know what I can control I can control things with money. Yeah. And so I'm going to go to this couple. It's kind of like the indecent proposal, right? I'll give you a million dollars to sleep with your wife. And that's what he, he didn't quite go that far, but he's like, I'll give you $10,000 to kiss your wife. Yeah. And I mean, the husband, I think rightly so, probably how I'd be is like, no, like, let's not do that. It's like, well, I mean, it's 10 grand. I mean, it's just a kiss, right? And instantly ruin that marriage before it even started.
0: Because yeah. that's going to
2: be something that, you know, 20 years down the line, if they're still together, it's going to be like, you know, what was your wedding like? And it's going to be like, oh, well, <laughs> your mom made out with this guy for 10 grand. Oh, that's awkward. I
1: might not want to leave that out of the story. I don't know. Um, yeah, I was I was upset with that. And I was trying to find out or, or just kind of figure out why, what, what his motivation was in doing that. And, and I think what you made or what you said made sense, but... You know, 40, you know, like I said, he, he was really growing on me and then he goes and does something despicable like that. And then he seems to get a pass. Like we all know who, who Joe is and, 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 You know, we really dog on him for, you know, the murders and stalking and all of all of his past transgressions and what he currently does now um, in in the current season. But then 40, it's kind of like, oh, well, it's it's, we like him and he's okay. But I mean, he apparently at least he believes that he murdered his nanny. Um, I don't believe that. So more on that later. But I don't think he did. But he thinks that he did. He confesses it to Joe. Um, he kidnaps Joe. He drugs him against his will. He did not consent to that. That's not cool, you know, to, you know, scare the crap out of somebody by kidnapping them. And then you drug them. And not only drug them, but you give them four times the amount, yeah. like dose. And then um, and then what he did to that couple, I thought that was terrible. Um, and I thought, it's like, come on, Forty, you know, you're not a great guy. And it really upsets me. <laughs>
2: Well, it's probably cool too. When that happened, it's like I feel like shit, so I want to make other people feel as shitty as I do. Mm. You know, it's kind of like the whenever you see people you consider destructive, they're always like, "Oh, there's always so much destruction around me and so much like chaos and pain." But they'd be the first person to really kind of push other people to feel miserable about things or cause scenarios to happen up that make other people miserable. You know, it's kind of like Angelica from the Rugrats, right? Like, he always wanted to make sure that she ruined everybody's day, too.
1: (laughs) That's funny. I love that reference. Gosh, I watched so much Rugrats. That was one of my daughter's favorite uh, Nick cartoons growing up. Gosh, I watched so much. It was, oh, you babies.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Can't play with Uh, you, Scout. I'm all grown up. Yeah. She's like four or three. Yeah. I got responsibilities. (laughs)
1: She was something else. Um, but yeah, well, I have to ask you, Sean, had that been uh, you and your lovely wife uh, toasting your wedding, um, what would you do?
2: If oh, if It's going to cost more than 10 grand. <laughs> I mean, if he, if he dropped down a hundo, like I'm like, I could probably look away for a hundo, like a hundred K. Cause that's going to really? buy us a house or something. There you go. But, I mean, the question is like, what if it was a chick that wanted to make out with me? Like, would my wife be okay with that? You know, it's, I don't know. I don't know. Would she? <laughs> I, I doubt it. She'd probably cut I the chick know. like, like uh, we saw later in the scene. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> and then she'd you just know, take the money anyway.
1: <laughs> I could I could see Tiff doing that. I well. could see her cutting a bitch <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I feel like Tiff don't mess around. That's yep. for sure. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, I always thought about that, um, like in indecent proposal, which is what this scene reminded me of. Um, You know, whenever it's the million dollars for sleeping with your wife, which I, you know, don't feel like that's a spoiler. If it's a spoiler and you guys haven't seen a decent proposal, please go watch that. It's really good. Um, But yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Good to know. All right. Well, that so yeah, it was both of our number fives. I got my number four. What's yours?
2: Uh, so kind of continuing with this episode, uh, we learn that 40 and Will kind of have a lot in common, at least perceptively they do. So as they're kind of starting to come down this high, or maybe a little like in the two thirds of this high, uh, I don't know if you caught this, but when Will comes out of the bathroom after it's been, he doesn't know how long, but he thinks he's come down. Did you see the sticky notes? still moving around
1: yes which
2: i thought was cleverly done because you kind of get like he wakes up he's like oh there's no blood on my hands or you know he's kind of checking himself out he's like okay i must be i must be landing this you know this high uh and i i saw it and i had to kind of do a double take so i'm like wait a minute did i see what i thought i saw and you know it's movies like this it to an extent uh nightmare on elm street does this really well but it's kind of the scenes where people think that they're just back in normal reality but they're yeah. not and there's little hints that are kind of hidden that I mean they're pretty blatant but you really kind of have to to watch for them. Uh I think uh Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas did this quite a bit. Uh I'm trying to think what other shows have done this. There's there's a lot of like drug uh influenced ones seem to do that but
1: mm-hmm. you know,
2: as he's coming out, uh 40s talking about the movie and talking about a situation and he confesses to Will or confesses to Joe about what happened to their babysitter Yeah, and I, I'm kind of trying to do you think that the moment that those two shared there with Joe hugging Will or Joe hugging a 40 that he was actually kind of like finding comfort like they're finding comfort in each other
1: yes I totally do I think Joe was like hey you're like me <laughs> You know, and now we have this shared commonality, you know, we know the multiple murders Joe has committed and then end up finding out what he did as a child, which I'm sure we're going to talk more about. I know I will, but, um, and then to find out what 40 did as a 13, he was only 13 when this happened. Um, so I feel like that was definitely a moment that they had. Cause man, here we go again. Will was ready to take him out. He had that yeah, shard yeah. glass and I'm like, Oh man, come on. I'm you like, saw Stop. his
2: artery like in a bright color, like color cut like. here, Joe.
1: I, I think that, yeah, I think that was another part of the hallucination. You know, he, we, we saw like the, those post-its kind of floating around, which again, really great uh, when you're talking, you know, hallucinations when you're on LSD. Um, so I've read and <laughs> and then well and then there was that and then after he looks away from like the that's up on the board uh, he looks at 40 on the floor and didn't it look like there was something coming off of Forty's head it like, looked like yeah, glitter like, uh, smoke sparkles looking. or yeah no yeah Yeah I just like saw this little too. you know not quite like a halo but he had like this kind of thing going around his head he had a glow and, um, a glow. He had the after glow, and and then yeah, as Joe approaches him and he gets closer and closer, and he kind of the camera kind of zeroes and pans on his neck. There, it looks like a, a highlighted like insert here, yeah. you know, and stab them here for for you know most effectiveness or something. So like, damn it, Joe, be a good guy and stop killing people. Well, know?
2: and so in all, like it's funny too because all this really started where he was going to leave LA. And Mm -hmm. let Delilah go. That was his goal. Uh, I still think he kind of questions like the actual will. Like I don't know if he. I feel like he's stuck in like a well. Did I really let him go? Kind of kind of mindset. Uh, But yeah, like all this stuff too. Like this is a great reason not to do LSD in my opinion. Like I know. uh, I only know one person that's ever done it, and they said all they saw was a tree growing and dying in front of them for like an hour. Oh wow! I guarantee I'd have like. I have such a weird mind that I would have a weird, crazy, bad trip that it wouldn't be worth it. Like it wouldn't be fun. I wouldn't be chasing unicorns. I'd be being chased by demon unicorns. Like that's what would happen to me.
1: (laughs) Well, I think, I think it depends on the dose. Um, I think it depends on if you're by yourself, if you're with other people, you know, it's kind of your surroundings. And, you know, I think you definitely want to kind of do it in like when you're in a good mood, you know, that's that's the kind of things that I keep hearing because I, I, I read a lot about it and, and hear how much, you know, psychedelics are really great for, you know, they're, they're kind of branching out and, and trying to find ways to use it because it's so helpful for people in therapeutic situations, like people with PTSD, hmm. things like that. Like they, they are experimenting like with um, vets, army vets and such. Um, that have been in, in the war and folks that suffer from PTSD, it really kind of helps them. So I know that they're experimenting with all of these different things and and it's, you know, they're, they're kind of, you know, releasing the stigma, you know, around those types of drugs. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not like, you know, I'm talking Coke or meth here, but I can, you know, it's, it's some really interesting reading. And, and I think that, um, and and look, guys. I I don't. I'm not a huge Gwyneth Paltrow fan. And I think her website or her her blog or whatever that she has that goop website or whatever is a lot of that crap is bananas.
2: Was she the, they, one with the candle? Yes, the vagina oh, okay. candle.
1: <laughs> yeah. So. Yes, exactly, which my point being that, yeah, some of their stuff that they have on there is a little bit bonkers um, in products and such, and especially the prices for some of these products that they recommend or want you to buy, but they have this new um, Goop Lab uh, series that they put on Netflix. I haven't watched it yet. I haven't watched it yet, but their first episode is about psychedelics Mm -hmm. and uh, treatments, and I'm really interested. I haven't watched it yet. I'm hoping to. Um, but I was like, well, I know when I first saw this whole goop lab, I was like, oh, my God. You know, here we go again. All this yeah. the Paltrow stuff and this goop stuff. But when I saw what that episode was about, I was like, well, I'm interested. And if she can bring a positive light to it, like even though I think she's kind of full of crap, she's got a ton of people that do listen to her and subscribe to what she says. So if it puts the word out there in a positive light, I see that as a positive thing because I think it can be helpful. But – um I know that I wonder, you know there are people that can have bad experiences on
2: if she's got her candle and stuff. I wonder if I could sell her on a candle for me that we can call my goop candle.
1: <laughs> I don't know what I want to know what it <laughs> smells like. You keep that to yourself. <laughs> but anyway, my whole point was, um I think in the in the right environments and certain doses it can be really great experiences for people and Clearly, though Joe had too much. I mean, you remember when he ran into Love in the hallway? Her eyeballs.
2: Yeah. That was freaky. Her mom demon? Yeah. Demon
1: eyes. That that see yeah that would kind of scare me too. Like oh shit! And he handled it pretty well. I mean, he said he'd never had been on acid before, <laughs> and you know he's having some serious experiences happening there. Um, so he handled it pretty well. But I think I would have been running screaming had someone looked at me and had those demon eyes. So yeah. I think that all kind of went in together as far as his hallucinations. But the blood on the hands was interesting. Was that
2: real? Well, and, was it not? Yeah. And then like he asked Forty and Forty's like, I don't know. You have lobster hands.
1: <laughs> I died and, so yeah. much of that. He's like, well, I don't know. I uh, Every time I looked at your hands, all I saw were lobsters. <laughs> it's crazy.
2: And, but, and he asked the guy that was watching him, he's like, no, your hands were clean. He's like, okay, well, then I wasn't there. But that's got to be – like, if you if you know you have a, a killing tendency and you have just found out what happened at the, the place, like that – or I guess he didn't know about what happened there yet. But, yeah. you know, he saw blood on his hands. So he was like, oh, God, did I do it again? I was super nervous that he was going to go next door and something was going to be wrong with Ellie.
1: Oh, you know, I didn't even think of Ellie, but crap. I,
2: I, uh, I mean, because I wasn't sure where – because I, I think that was pre-finding out what actually happened. But when he went and knocked on her door – and it took her a little bit. Like, uh, I got a little sinking feeling that something might have happened to her, but it doesn't appear like anything did, obviously. Um, Thank goodness. But, but, yeah, it was just interesting to see that these two kind of have a lot in common. And Will was going to commit another murder, uh, but this connection stopped him. So, yeah, that was just my number four is 40 and Will have a lot in common.
1: I like it. Yeah, I I like their friendship. That's why, I, and I mean, it, it still feels like Joe's still really aggravated because he's like, you know, I'm only doing this for you, love, you know, because he's, like you said, he's wanting to skip town, um, but then forty's drawing him back in like, dude, I need your help with this, you know, script, and he kidnaps him and won't let him leave, and, you know, he's so pissed, but he's like, I'll do this, you know, because it's important to 40, and forty's important to you, so I'm going to do this. Um, and I'm like, come on, man. I know you guys are making, I know 40 is 40, right? So he, yeah, he's, he can be annoying. And I'm sure him, you know, kind of being around and his attitude is, is probably a lot. I feel like 40 takes a lot of energy, you know, there's no doubting that. Um, but I'm like, dude, come on, you know, he's, you know, I, I thought that they were really forming a great friendship. So I kept getting bummed every time Joe kept talking about killing him or something. Um, so, but yeah, it, I feel like, there was definitely uh, another little bond between the two that kind of happened in that moment. Um, so that was good to see. Good to see. Um, does that come up to my number three? Yeah. So what's okay. your number three? Uh, number three. So why or who anyway, I guess would believe if Joe's mom shows him a gun and that we think that he won't use it. Did anyone?
2: Yeah, that was a definitely that? a, <laughs> Golden, the Joe gun.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like Chekhov's gun. Isn't that what they call it? it? Goldberg's gun. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely Goldberg's gun. Yeah, you knew as soon as as you saw it, you're like, oh, yeah, that's it's coming back. Now, did I know in that moment Joe was probably going to use it? Eh. Either her or Joe, I guess, in that very moment. But then later, oh, yeah, definitely you knew Joe was going to be the one. So I think it was interesting that we get these flashbacks again of Joe and his childhood and his mom and, you know, kind of getting some more insight into what happened. Because, you know, it had to be something really bad. Um, He somehow gets this uh, sense of clarity. Um, And this is, of course— we've discovered already what's happened, um, which I think we'll talk more about, but I want to kind of talk specifically just this moment or at least um, these moments where he gets a sense of clarity and he apologizes to Candace and he admits the terrible things that he's done. And, you know, we hear what his mom says when she, after he, he he kills his dad um, flat out. And I, I, I've heard news stories of that happening before where children have killed their parents out of, you know, feeling like they're protecting their other parent um and out of like a self-defense. So you know, it's really I, I can't even imagine. I mean, the 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 tragedy um for a real life story, but we see it here um in Joe's past. So you kind of see where all of this kind of kind of comes down to because he's he's kind of thinking, well, if I'd had different parents, if I'd had a different childhood, if I had never walked into that bookstore, because we know Mooney was a freaking psycho. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think we, we kind of probably forget that just a little bit here in season two because we don't see Mooney anymore. We don't, you know, think of the bookstore really,
2: all that much. And it wasn't really touched on much in the last season. I think there might have been like 15 minutes that were like, oh my God, yeah. this Mooney guy is really horrible. But, you know, when he's seen his right. mom too, she says something about like people like us. So, yeah. you know, what's some things post, and that was his daddy shot, right? So I couldn't quite yeah. tell if it was his dad or the guy they left with.
1: I think it was his dad.
2: Okay. Yeah. Because um, she
1: was saying things like, you know, I thought it was going to be better this time and it wasn't, um,
2: so. Yeah. But, I mean, again, like, so post, you know, the dad dying, what, people like us, what does that mean? What does he know about his mom or seen from his mom? That yeah, might have that was an interesting line.
1: Yeah, that was an interesting line, too. Like, what has she done? I mean, clearly she had her own issues, uh, for sure. But uh, was she a murderer or a psychopath? Um, I don't know. Probably not the best mom. Not going to win any Mom of the Year awards, um, most likely. But not maybe at Joe's level. But, you know, when, when... He's having these flashbacks and he's kind of having this moment of clarity. You know, she says, you were protecting me. It had to be done. You're a good boy, Joey. Everything's going to be okay. She says, listen uh, carefully to every word I say. You would never hurt anyone. And that's the truth. Never. Much less kill someone. No, you're a good boy. It was just an accident, a terrible accident. And I thought that was so interesting because that's what Joe keeps telling himself. You know, when the incident with Candace, you know, he's like, it was an accident. I didn't mean to do that. And- I mean, maybe he didn't in the moment. I mean, it looked like he was mm, just it looked connection. like he just sh- shook her, and she hit her head. And then, like with Beck, you know, he didn't want to hurt her. It was just an accident. And, you know, he keeps blaming other people, um, and he, then he'll keep saying, "No, this was just an accident. I didn't mean to do. It. I would never do that to someone. I would never kill. Um, I just, you know, I've only killed like for love, or I've only done this. It's, it's. He always kind of." You know, misplaces all of that. So it was really interesting. I thought when it, you finally kind of drill down, and he sees this moment. And he's like, "No, I've got to take responsibility for what I've done." Um, and he says, "You know, I'm done with excuses. I'm done blaming everyone else for the things I've done." And I was like, "Oh, damn! This this could be it. You know, I think we're done. No more. Season, you know, are we gonna have a season three? Because." I mean, is it going to be Joe the good guy or trying to be actually really good? Not like we saw in this season, but like, what's going to happen here? Is he really going to kind of flip and realize that, you know, um, everything that he's told himself has been a lie. So I want to get your perspective on on those couple minutes that we had there with him. What did you think of those flashbacks and how he gets this moment of, you know, wow, that's me.
2: I mean, I kind of, I kind of just thought it was like, here's an explanation, but I like your connection of him kind of saying, oh my gosh, that was an accident. It was an accident. You know, I didn't mean to. So it's kind of, I mean, I've kind of, we've both been kind of saying through this that there's kind of a veil that he's had on. So, Mm -hmm. you know, how many of these things has he done? Like the actual will, like, you know, I kind of thought like, well, maybe he didn't actually let him out. Maybe he killed him. And he's kind of blocked that out. And it might not be quite that, but it is, again, your connection of saying, well, he's seeing these things as accidents. He's actually believing they're accidents, even though they were 100% intentional. Mm-hmm. You know, with Candace, he did mean to, you know, kill her. With, uh, you know, all the other people that he's ended up killing, he meant to do them. They're not actual accidents. They're happy accidents, you know, like a little happy tree here. You know, it's – yeah. That's what he's telling himself. So I really like that connection. That kind of makes his character make a little bit more sense of why he does the things and why he's saying the things the way he's saying them.
1: Yeah, and and we've talked about it a lot on this um, show, well, on the podcast, I should say, this show and other shows that we've covered when we've talked about you know the nature versus nurture, uh, you know, so just. His mom saying those words just like really like that's like was ingrained in his brain. Like that's what was imprinted on him as a child was you you would never hurt anyone. Because he keeps saying that over and over again. If you, if you watch almost every episode, he's like, I wouldn't hurt anyone. You know, I'm not going to kill anyone. I'm not a killer. I'm not a murderer. You know, I would never do that. You know, and, and then when he has, he calls it an accident. So it's like, oh, this is where it comes from, you know?
2: Do you think so? We don't know a hundred percent that the guy that he shot was his dad.
1: Well, to be honest, I did not pause to look at no, the no, face to see if it was his dad or if it was that guy that his mom was with. But she was I'm being saying,
2: abused. I'm just saying in general, like oh, even yeah. if it was the person. Oh,
1: oh, yeah, 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 like dad, biologically. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: We don't know. So mm-hmm. you know what happens if this isn't the first time he's done something like that. You know, what if she's on the move all the times because you know she gets herself in a, a situation with a guy like that? I mean, not she gets herself into it, but she right falling into that. I don't know the best way you would say that. You know, she,
1: like that same pattern over and over again. Yeah,
2: yeah. And yeah. so each time, maybe maybe this is the first time Joe's actually murdered the person, but maybe he's actually hurt the person serious enough that they've had to run to get away from it. It's possible. And so he, she's kind of it's kind of like a. Like an omen-type situation. It's like every time we get around somebody, this kid tries to kill them. <laughs> so we got to constantly be on the run. Like a little Damien. Yeah.
1: Antichrist.
2: Um. I, I mean, you could – and again, I don't know, but like you could get into some weird past. Like what if – because she was really beat up in a lot of the, these situations too. Like, And I know the, mm-hmm. the guy they saw when he came out and shot him, she was kind of – uh he was kind of being very aggressive with her, but you know, what if it's not just that person? Um again, I might be like just making up a whole story that's not real, but you know, what if it's actually Joe that's doing these things to her? You know, Joe oh, gosh. is that's dark, you know, Sean. I, I'm just trying to well, I'm trying to make some weird connections with it because I mean like if, you know I guess 'cause what what did he keep saying? Where is he or I, I, I need to go back and rewatch this now that I'm thinking about it this way, because I wonder if it's vague enough that like it you insinuate that the guy thinks she's cheating. But yeah. what if it's questions about like, where's the kid kind of thing? You know, what yeah. if you can make that same connection again, probably way out of the ballpark, because, again, I was the one that was saying that Candace was a figment of his imagination. And obviously that wasn't true. Maybe well, it will be next episode.
1: <laughs> I've, I've been wrong so much about this show and this season. I, I've i been like, this is what it is. Like, I'm just, I'm making my stand and this is the way it is. And then it was like eating my words the next yeah. episode. Uh, and I'm just trying <laughs> so. to make like
2: what might be an interesting, because that would definitely be like, I think out of left field, you know, if you're like, oh my gosh, all these things that was happening to his mom was Joe was the one doing it. And she was, you know, motherly instinct trying to protect him from himself essentially Okay.
1: Uh, well, if we're going to get dark here, what about, and this just occurred to me um, as we were, were talking about it, you know, her purpose is for showing Joe the gun hidden in that closet. Do you think she somehow wanted Joe to do what he did? Because if she did it, like she would be faced with charges. But if... You know, when a child does it, they're not going to send a kid to prison. I mean, I mm-hmm. know that there there have been circumstances where kids have faced murder charges and they go through the courts and, you know, sometimes they do get tried as, as adults and things like that. So, I, you know, I know things like that can happen, but you're most likely going to, you know— be able to just let go because where does he and how does i don't know if it ever says how i can't remember did they say in season one how old he was was he 16 did he say when he I showed up at mooney's door
2: felt like he was but i mean so, you could easily say he was 18 though
1: could be but so if if this happened did she take the did she end up taking the blame for it and he somehow ended up in like a foster care system did she put did she confess to the cops and say yeah joe joe did it he's the one that shot so he goes through like a a, you know juvie and 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 then gets released and then he ends up in new york and so i don't know i'm trying to but it, it seems like why would you show your kid that i just don't i'm trying to think as a mother you know i mean it's one thing to like make sure that your children know that like guns are in the home and you keep them locked away and you're responsible you know if you're a responsible gun owner that's what you should be doing anyway you shouldn't be sitting here you know showing your kid well here's the gun and you know it's right here just so you know where it's at just in case you ever need to use it um you know kind of kind of situation so I kind of wonder was she so dark and twisted and kind of maybe she wasn't overtly thinking that but maybe subconsciously that's what she wanted Joe to do and then he did it and she's like it's okay it's okay you wouldn't hurt it so she's trying to take the blame away from him like it's okay because you know I actually wanted you to do that so it's okay you wouldn't hurt anyone you're you are you know you're absolved of your guilt you know whatever that's ugh I don't even like thinking that but I think it's a the theory I, I
2: mean you know if because there seemed like uh, the scene when she was getting in the Mustang and it seemed like she wasn't very wasn't very motherly in that scene so you know you could definitely see like this is a way for me to get this kid who maybe has some weird tendencies already and Mm kind of guide him in that direction then when he does this like oh it was him who did it he thought he was protecting me uh he gets sent to juvie and then she gets to kind of get off scotch free to an extent even though she didn't actually pull the trigger she's kind of guided him in that direction would be really weird be why it explain a lot like why does Joe have some weird uh thoughts and connections to love in general, like feelings towards yeah. love, yeah um exactly, so it'd be interesting, yeah i think I think that's a good theory. I don't think we're gonna find out a lot about that in this season, probably not uh i I mean I wouldn't expect I would half expect not to see any flashbacks next episode. Maybe some towards the very, very end, but definitely not enough that would pigeonhole us in any of these directions. But I kind of like your theory there too. It'd be an interesting kind of path to take.
1: Well, like I said, my mind goes in some dark, dark places and that's where where it just went. So I wasn't even thinking that until we started talking it out a little bit. Um, But I don't know. I guess either we'll see or we won't. Maybe season three to come. Who knows? Um, What about your number three?
2: So my number three is you solve the crime forty. Uh, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, was good. Oh yeah, he's sitting there. He's going through it. He's basically getting the script, and Joe sees it on his face. That's like it's not Doctor Nikki. It's the the ex boyfriend that she barely even. And it's funny too because that would be the hubris of Joe, because he no she wrote the script, didn't she? I think or the, she. The book. I feel
1: like she was. I think the way that they portrayed it is like she wrote the book the entire time she was kept in the cage in the basement. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And so I don't know if Joe he might have removed some stuff. I'm sure he took some uh, editorial liberties, but it was all the ex boyfriend, and it could have been Beck leaving some trails, you know, some cookie crumbs to lead them back to to Will or to Joe. Gosh, keep getting their names mixed up. I do too. Interchangeable, but uh, you know, it was great to see Joe kind of like, oh shit, you figured it out, but. 40 connect that to his crime yeah and even then when he gets the script to candace candace shows him right there like in the front of your face you solved it you figured it out And if you weren't so dumb you'd realize that what you're saying what you figured out in here is joe so i thought it was really clever how they did that and how they snuck it in because it's kind of like whenever you know i think i'm probably kind of like you say something or you do something and it's like you idiot! You figured it out. You just said mm-hmm. it out loud, and you're like, "What? What did I say?"
1: <laughs> yes, I down like that. Yeah,
2: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, kind of, kind of short and sweet. But I, I like that they gave forty the uh, you know the Scooby Doo badge on this one and let him unmask the monster without really being able to unmask the monster.
1: Out of everyone, he figures it out, right? Um, mm-hmm. But that was really great, and it was really great. I I loved that episode so much with the uh, tie in with the with the LSD and stuff and the hallucinations that they kept getting. So I I really like that um, when 40s talking and basically saying like a lot of what. Beck said before she died, saying it right to Joe. And it's, you know, and and when he's speaking, you hear Beck's voice come through intermittently. I really loved that. Oh,
2: that was, yeah, that was really good editing.
1: Yeah. And and you could tell how much it was freaking Joe out. You know, he's tripping and he's hearing it. And we already know he's kind of been haunted by Beck early on in this uh, season. So that was really fun and a good halluc- you know hallucinatory effect I thought um and another little piece that kind of went along with that um and then of course he nearly chokes uh chokes out poor 40 yeah. and knocks him oh, out. Oh that
2: was method.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was some walking method acting there. Um lots of great lines, so many great- I know I didn't get all of them. I definitely did not get all of them in my notes, but a lot of great lines uh for sure in this episode that were really great. Um but yeah, Forty figures it out. And then, like you said, that Forty figuring that out uh, leads him to his confession about how much they're alike. Do you think that's what Forty or did Forty tell his mother that? And that's what she said to Joe when Joe goes to Forty's house and she's like, you know, so I know that you know and, um, you know— and just to let you know, we'll keep your secrets. do you think uh, she actually knows something, or is she just saying, you know, because if you ever need to tell us any anything, we'll keep your secret like you keep forties or something like that. Do you think she actually knows
2: something? I think she probably knows about the perceived booty call I would assume that that's what they know
1: mm, okay. that he
2: went to meet a delilah uh, okay. for some l s d action
1: right. Well, yeah, I liked, I liked all of that. That was really great. And yeah, 40 in his, cause it, it was fun to see how he's got all of these chaotic thoughts, you know, as Joe's in the bathroom, you know, before that, you know, he's, he's grilling 40, like, where was I? How long was I gone? And, um, the, the 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 storyboard that they had, you know, there was crazy writing everywhere. There's post-its everywhere. And then when he comes out of the bathroom, it's all clean and the post-its are all lined up, um, you know, nice and neatly, you know, kind of giving the whole outline of the story and the script. And um, so I thought that was that was really fun as well. I like that. What did you think about um, the scene? <laughs> The scene when love calls him because she read his letter. She read Joe's letter that he was leaving and it's goodbye. And she's just like, that shatters her and brings her around. She's drinking and she calls him. And when he crawls into the bathtub, it's so funny. Penn Badgley, I never gave him any credit. I watched Gossip Girl way back when, um, and I'm way too old for that show. Just by the way, my daughter was at the perfect age to be watching it so she was watching it i was watching it. i totally got sucked in i did not like his character i did not like dan humphrey on gossip girl at all i did not like care that much for Penn badgley back in the day but i'm just eating him alive in um this series um i did not give him enough credit for the acting um uh, which i i guess maybe gossip girl didn't really give a lot of range to their characters um but he's given some great material in this, and I think he has done so fantastic. And I think this episode, he really got to shine uh, with some of his acting abilities. So him acting, um, you know, as he like he was on LSD and how he was kind of flipping back and forth between re- being really buzzed and freaked out and sad and crying and all of these emotions that he goes through. And when he crawls into that bathtub and and starts FaceTiming love, was just something about that just i loved so much and just thought it was absolutely hilarious and i felt like the exact thing that you would do when you were so buzzing on lsd and you're just kind of sliding into the bathtub because it just seems like the most natural thing to yeah. do um i just i loved all of that and i thought this was a really really great episode yeah um, i enjoyed
2: I, and i like they did a really good job of kind of mixing the reality and stuff so yeah definitely enjoyed yeah. it myself
1: yeah, it's really good. Uh all right, so my number two. All right, we're gonna talk about Delilah.
2: Uh yeah, so my number two as well. It's what happened.
1: Yeah, that's what the hell happened. <laughs> what the hell? So at the end of Fear and Loathing in Beverly Hills, we see poor Delilah. And you know, we're getting this back and forth. What that? What? What's? What happened? Where did I go? And what eyes are blood on my hands? And we're hearing hints of, of of these things. And then he shows up to the storage unit, and that's where it ends. And I don't know. I'm conflicted. I I feel like I need to talk this out a little bit. And I know Joe is a killer. Like I said, I I feel like sometimes when I'm watching an episode, you tend to forget. At least I do. I'll kind of forget. Like oh. Yay, Joe, and I feel like I can relate to some of his observations. Sometimes some of the things he does actually do make sense. And so it's easy to forget who he is. But I'm always brought back around like, oh yeah, Joe's a really bad guy. I can't like him. He's you know, he's a killer. I just don't think he would have killed Delilah.
2: I agree. I don't know. I'm, I'm struggling. Boat. I feel like I don't think he did it. He just kind of I feel like when Joe does something, he doesn't have any question that he did it. So, and this seemed, you know, him getting there too, uh, you know, the only thing, this kind of ties to my number one, and the reason, it's kind of when he's trying to do his PI stuff, Mm -hmm. he's going through suspects, and he talks about Finch. I don't think it was Finch, but he says, a spurned lover. And when he said that, it triggered me to think, I wonder if love somehow got wind of him going there and tracked him down and essentially probably thought that this girl was moving in on her man or maybe she discovered what was happening and went to protect him. The only thing that keeps me from thinking that is she gets sick as they leave when she is exposed to all this. But it's still kind of – she's still – there's some – again, I think we're coming back around in our – Mm -hmm. Cautions with love are accurate, obviously, because we see what she does to Candace.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't. I just because we know that he let Will go, which I really did not think like once Will was in that cage, I thought, dude, I like you and I am so sad for you because you're not going to make it out of that cage. And he lets him out. He, he trusts him and he lets him out. And I fully believe that he because he, he fully believed he was going to let Will out and he let Will out. And and look, we found out that yes Will is alive and happy with Gigi in the Philippines and I am thrilled FYI. Absolutely so happy that he's with Gigi. Joe reaches out and he's like, dude I need some help. um, And I love that. I love this like weird bromance that these two have that yeah. will will—I'm oh, yeah. like, will this dude kept you in a cage and, you know, did all of these things to you and you're still nice to him. And you're, you know, it got this weird relationship. You even give him his real number for, for Joe to reach out to you. And he does and finds out, you know, one, he's alive Two, he didn't have anything to do with Delilah's murder. Like he didn't try to come back and, you know, find delilah there kills her to frame joe so he can kind of get his comeuppance and revenge for keeping him in the cage so we know that didn't happen so he starts talking to him and you know will tells him and i feel like will has this you know weird clarity about him that he's just like you know joe i believe you i think that you wouldn't have hurt anybody if you really intended on letting them go Um, And I'm like, yeah, Will, right? I feel like it's, I know, and I know there's this argument. He was high. He was on drugs, you know, and that that kind of brings out that real you. Then Joe's a killer, so he could have very well killed her because that's his true instinct. Even though he was thinking, I'm going to let her go, I'm going to let her go, the drugs maybe, you know, brought out his real side and unveiled that. But on another hand, I feel like, you know, when as I'm reading about um, LSD a little bit more, as I'm because I'm, I'm like, well, I don't know. What do you experience, and you know what? What are people's different experiences? Most people were saying that you remember what you do. Now, hmm. again, he did take four times the dose, so I'm not really sure what that looks like. Um, but I've, but most people say, you know what? It's not like other drugs you you do tend to remember what you did and Joe can't remember anything he literally lost time um and he he was getting like some kind of little drawbacks like he then remembered um him and you know him and 40 both left cuz he thought 40 was there but then he remember or then he remembers kind of being dropped off out there on the corner of where the um the storage unit was so i don't know i just i don't think he did it I'm pretty sure we know who did. Um, I guess we'll find out for sure, but I don't know. So I'm, I'm glad that I'm not alone. Cause I really, like I said, I know who Joe is. He's a killer, no doubt about it. Yeah. And he's completely, he lies to himself all the time about what he does and, and his motivations behind what he does. But I really, really don't think he meant to harm Delilah. I think he cared too much about Ellie. Um, I think that he truly did care for Delilah. Um, so I don't know i'm I'm torn, and I felt terrible. just by the way, can we just talk about poor Delilah? Oh, she deserved Whoa. better
2: <laughs> and Ellie too Ellie. Ellie freaks out with that because she's and it kind of goes more to where it feels like everybody leaves her, and she thinks yeah. she's the problem. She thinks her sister essentially abandoned her, so yeah, it's I mean this is my two in one, but it's i I don't know how this last episode's going to end because. Delilah's gone. What's going to happen to Ellie? Finch Mm -hmm. has got, you know, hot on somebody's trail. There's a lot of stuff to kind of tidy up here. And now they've got in the middle of this warehouse, Candace, what are they going to do about that?
1: I got so many messes to clean up. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's my number two. I know that was your number two as well, but I kind of totally just dominated because I had so much to say about that. Um, did you have anything else that we didn't touch on or that you wanted to add?
2: No. I mean, you kind of touched on everything. It was definitely like a gruesome scene. Um, yes. And that was a I lot of
1: blood. That, does that seem like too much? Did they go over the uh, top of that? Uh,
2: I don't know. I mean, movie-wise, that's about on par. You um, think so? You know, you have the flower that was there, too. So, I mean, there's so yeah. many ways that this could go. I mean, Joe could have just given her the flower and left, and then somebody else came along. Or maybe he did it and dropped the flower. But again, there's just so much stuff that could have happened in that. But yeah, it's, I don't want to speculate too much because I don't want to go down the weird path that Ellie did it because I've already said that Joe's like this crazy killer as a kid. So I'll hold yeah. off on all those theories. Okay. Um, but well, yeah, I'm afraid
1: I'm, of even opening up my mouth anymore because I feel like I've been pretty much wrong about everything since oh, like episode yeah. one. And I start making all these predictions. I'm like, oh, no, it's this. And it's this because I think I'm so smart. And then it's like next episode or the episode after that. And then I'm like, oh, OK, I'm I'm really I <laughs> And I need to just shut up and watch the episodes and <laughs> let it be. <laughs> so I don't know. I think you should just let him out. But,
2: um, and uh, my number one was uh, uh, kind of already talked about, too. So what do you have for your number one?
1: Well, uh, we have talked about it a little bit, but, you know, get to the end of that episode. So we talked about, you know, as Joe's having his moment of clarity um, and he gets confronted, Candace calls love. And first thing I'm like, what are you doing? Call the freaking cops. Again, why? It's almost like a horror movie when you see all those horror movie tropes. You're like... You know, don't go into the shed. Don't run out into the cornfield. What are you doing? Um... You know, you have all those things. And so I'm sitting here looking at Candace going, why aren't you calling the cops? Uh, Why are you calling love? Um, So first mistake. um, Yeah.
2: The whole like, well, I wanted you to see it first. It's like, oh, but by the way, I already called the cops too.
1: I know. Yeah. They're on their way. I'm going to give love like a five minute head start or something. And then I'm calling the cops so they can pretty much be following in after after her or something. Um, But she has this need so much for... Joe getting his comeuppance, proving herself right because love didn't believe her. She didn't believe the whole story uh, between you know what Joe did to her, and so she was so bent on. I want to. I want her to see it, not just hear about it, not just hear. Oh, you've been arrested, or she. She's like, I want to know that she sees you with a dead body that undoubtedly makes you guilty. So she has this, this dire need to be believed. You know, the cops didn't believe her way back when Joe assaulted her and and tried to kill her. You know, they didn't believe her. Um, Love didn't believe her. I, felt really bad for Candace. I mean, the actress made me crazy. I don't, I didn't care much for her um, acting abilities uh, in this role, but I care her character um, though. I felt really bad for uh, the way that she got treated and she was just really, you know, she just got blind to what she really wanted and it ended up being her downfall. Um, So, you know, Joe has his confession with love there and you're thinking, oh, damn, you know, this is, this is a lot. And I'm thinking, trying to react, like, how would I react? You know, I always try to put myself in, in a character's shoes sometimes, be like, how would I react if this, this man that I'm just absolutely in love with and, you know, um, have said, I'll, I'll do anything for, and then he's in this, storage unit with this glass cage or whatever the hell it's made of uh, in in there with a a dead body with blood everywhere. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I, that would be, that would be tough. I I would probably be like, at least for a few moments, like love run from the room and throw up in a trash can. (laughs) At least I know that part is true, but then we get the, what the hell she just,
2: (laughs) Yeah, can grabs a broken beer bottle and
1: broken bottle what the hell what the hell happened
2: well it that's just, what well the only thing i think is like why she threw up i mean she was still hungover i think so maybe that played a part in it but maybe uh, again like this brings into question what happened to the babysitter what happened to her husband what's going to happen to joe what's going to happen to 40 at this point i mean there's
1: because when she comes back in after she's killed Candace, and she comes back in and looks at Joe, and she just looks like, I, I took care of it. Like,
2: oh, like, Joe was prepared to go to jail. He yeah, had the hidden key. He did. Give it, it the out,
1: key, which is super clever, by the way, wasn't it? Like, holy shit! There's another clever little thing with a hidden key inside the cage, just in case he ever got locked in there. Damn, well, I think that was this good.
2: is this has taught you. If you ever are locked in a cage, look for a key because there's probably one hidden somewhere.
1: Oh man, I don't ever. No, I don't ever. Um but yeah, he was totally prepared to to take the downfall. He he was there. He had the, he's like, "Yeah, I need to admit what I've done." And I feel like he now sees, really really sees and starts to tell himself the truth instead of lying to himself. Um and throws that spare key out so he can't get away. And I just feel like when love comes in there and she just looks like, oh, "I took care of it." And I'm like, she has done this before. And I think the nanny, I think, I I don't think it was 40. I think that they let him think that. I don't, I'm not really sure why. Love would think let him think that, but the rest of the family has let him think that that was his fault. I think it was love. And the way that she goes after her mother when they're having dinner, the veracity that she goes after her mom when she's like, you know, he was your son. She should have went to jail, you know, and how – I mean, I get where she's passionate about that, but just something ab- about her, the look on her eyes, I thought – you took out that nanny you were yeah. pissed you you were pissed that your parents weren't doing anything about it because they they seemed to indicate that they they knew uh or at least that's what love said she's like you knew what was going on but you didn't do anything until it was you know too late i think she was pissed that her parents weren't doing anything about it And she took action into her own hands. Here I go making predictions. I said I wasn't going to do this anymore. And I'm totally (laughs) speculating all over the place. But I don't care. It's just what I'm thinking. I could be wrong. I'm definitely not a know-it-all. It's just what's making sense in my brain. I think that she did it because that was how – I mean, we've seen how she protects her brother. That's like her mission and goal in life. Like she won't even leave the country with with Joe without – uh, you know, making sure that 40 can come with them because she always feels like she has to protect him. And I feel like she probably thought that since the age of 13, probably even before that. Um, but at, since the age of 13, that he's being taken advantage of by this 19 year old nanny. Um, so she takes her out. She's pissed at her parents for not having done anything. Um, and now here she's now protecting Joe Joe, she loves Joe like she loves. I mean, it's a different kind of love, but she she loves Joe like she loves forty. And she took Candace out, and uh, yeah, I don't think it's her first day at all. And I think she's just as psychopathic as as Joe. And I think it's awesome. But I I think and I think that she killed Delilah. And I'm sitting here. So if how do you think? What's the what's your theory? Do you think? So we know that outside the locker storage locker when. 40 drops Joe off. And like you said, the flower was in there. Um, 40 gives it to Joe. And so, and, and the Joe's thinking, oh shit, maybe I did really do it. Because, you know, like I said, he's trying to put all these pieces together. And every time he thinks that he finds, you know, who's done it, it really comes right back to him again. And he's like, shit, it wasn't them. It really was me. But then he's like, oh no, maybe it was this person. And it still comes back to him again. So we know that he had the flower. Do you think? Which I don't know where did the PI? I bet love had the PI tailing forty. Well,
2: I think our answer probably going to be from that security camera too, because Joe was very cautious about that security camera. Yeah,
1: it was broken. It was broken security camera outside the
2: door. That was that the only one? I guess because I mean obviously I, it's the only one, this one that we was, saw. I think yeah. the one that they okay. made a
1: point to show us. It was right I outside the door. That then. I think that she had the PI following Forty and Joe knowing that they were up to no good or that they were out together – because she said, oh, when she ran into them at the hotel, he's like, how did you find me? And she's like, I, 40 mentioned something about you being here or that you might oh, be yeah. here or something like that. I think she had somebody tail them. I think they were telling her, hey, this is where we're at. I think she found them or at least found Joe. She somehow maybe knocked him out or something or made, you know, got rid of him and then found Delilah and killed her out of jealousy. Um, again, when... When uh, Ellie comes into Joe's apartment, when she meets up with Joe the next day, and Ellie comes in, and she's like, have either one of you seen my sister? And Joe's like, you know, he's like, oh, shit. You know, he's having this whole inner dialogue, and then he's like, no, you know, I haven't seen her. And then Love just gets this really curious look on her face, and she goes, no, I haven't seen her.
2: And she starts baking, which she does when she's stressed or has something wrong.
1: Yes, so I don't know. And then I'm like, well, has Delilah even met love and vice versa? How does, I know that she's probably met Ellie because Ellie is now 40s um, writing assistant or, you know, intern now and she's hanging around the store. So it, it makes sense that she would have seen Ellie just coming in and out of the store or being around 40 um, in that capacity. But has she met Delilah? Delilah. Or maybe maybe she has at the apartment building, maybe walked past her as she's coming in and out of the apartment building or something in passing. I don't know. I'm just trying to think, well, when would she even know? So it just seems curious, like, when she says, no, I haven't seen her, I'd be like, I don't even know what your sister looks like. Or I don't even know your sister. Um, so, no, I haven't seen her. It just seemed curious when she's just like, no, I haven't seen her. Um,
2: yeah, it was definitely suspicious to me as well when she was doing that. And like, what did she say? Cause I mean, Ellie started freaking out too. So it's kind of like, well, did she say something to kind of,
1: I know what happened. That? They know. had this, they were having a nice, which Ellie was worried. She was definitely worried as they're sitting there talking and chopping vegetables, which by the way, you no, know when, um, love shows her how to hold a knife, She's like, here, hold it this way. She's like, put your tuck your fingers in and hold the knife this way. And Ellie's like, Oh, like this. And she's like, Yeah, I feel like that's gonna kinda come back.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. A well yeah, bit. I wrote down like, Oh, well, I guess uh love knows how to use a knife. Okay, that yes, makes sense.
1: Yes. I feel like that's gonna somehow come back. Um because yeah, we know Delilah did get her her uh throat cut. Um so, yeah, they were having this nice little moment. Love's just kind of talking to her. And um, and then the next minute she's calling, Joe, you need to get over here right now. She's freaking out. So it seemed like, yeah, Ellie was worried for sure, but she wasn't freaking out. Did Love say something, you know, that kind of sent her over the edge? You know, why would she do that? I don't know what would be her purpose to do that. Um, I, I don't know what her purpose was, but I feel like, yeah, there was something, something there. And then another thing that I keep coming back to, um, on one reason, I feel like Joe wasn't the one that killed her. He had no blood on him at all until after yeah. he, after he discovered Delilah and he had gotten a little bit of blood on his hands. And when he was getting ready to call Will and he touched his shirt, he had a little bit on his white t-shirt. That was a hell, of a lot of blood. And you can see the splatter. It looked like Delilah based on the blood, splatter on the inside of the cage. Um, it was kind of mid-level, like she was maybe down on her knees. I don't think she was standing up. Um, Say, so I watch a lot of CSI. I watch a lot of Dexter. <laughs> Dexter was a blood sp- Sorry, maybe is yeah. that spoilery to say blood splat that he was a blood spl- no. splatter analyst. That's not spoilery, is it? But it's fun. Certainly makes it really fun watching the show. But I, I feel like I've watched so many CSI and crime scene shows, and of course Dexter gave me a whole education on blood splatter analysis. But I feel like when you see the spray, like if when she gets her her throat slit and the blood, you know, spurts out. Um, it's kind of low, so I feel like she was probably like down low down on her knees, maybe somebody's standing behind her and lifts her neck back and they slice her throat. She definitely I don't think was standing up um and I don't know how tall love was to Delilah if she would have had her if it was easier for her if she would do it on her have her down on her knees instead of having her stand up. I don't know, but i'm just I'm thinking that is a lot of blood, and Joe he kept having these hallucinations of blood on his hands, but he didn't have any blood on his clothes and he didn't have a change of clothes. They're out running around. They're out, um, at the store, um, going to the storage unit. All these things are happening. Um, and he has no blood on him whatsoever. And then it makes me wonder, I need to go back now and see, which I, am not going to go. I'm going to go watch the damn finale. I'm not going to go backwards at this point, but did love have a change of clothes? Was she wearing the same clothes? I just feel like you're not walking out of there with that much blood after you've just sliced somebody's throat and you don't have some blood on you. And then there were no footprints. There were no footprints. Like, even though that... Pull of blood had to have collected after Delilah, you know, as she's lying there, the poor, poor, poor Delilah, um, clearly bled out a lot. And you know, your heart still has to be beating in order for that blood to keep pumping out. So she m- maybe had been alive a little bit while all of this blood is pumping out. But I feel like there had to have been enough anyway, that <laughs> there would be footprints. There was no, no shoe imprints or anything like that. Um, leading no out weapon, of the cage. Too. Yeah, and was it that knife? Do you think? Remember when Joe stabbed Jasper in the storage? You know, oh yeah. Was it that knife? Was it a different Maybe. knife? I don't know. So many, so many things. That's what I'm saying. I just don't think Joe did it. I think it was love all the way, and I think that she's certainly capable of it, seeing as how we saw what she did to Candace and on what I think she did to the babysitter. And this family is all kinds of crazy, and it's just fun to you know kind of see um, Joe not be the only psycho on the show but yeah that's that's my number one
2: like it well i'll run through a few of my notes uh just some kind of pinpoints uh love bug was said and that's the first time i think i heard that which seems like a on the nose nickname for love uh, oh who
1: said that
2: i, I, guess uh, I think I missed it, it was i thought it was her mom i think
1: oh okay yep
2: you're you're probably right uh I, uh Forty said, Beck was real. She humps the pillow multiple times. <laughs>
1: Good Made call back to that green yeah. pillow. <laughs>
2: uh, ju- uh, shoot, sorry. Forty was talking about how he wants to meet Jessica Alba to have my babies. <laughs> thought that was kind of funny. Uh, yeah. We talked about the car and the, the stuff like that. Um, oh, not, not to follow young creepy Will. I thought that was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And let's see, what else do we have from the, the last episode? Oh, uh, did you catch that the mom, uh, when she was in the closet with Joe, she was wearing a Nirvana shirt?
1: No, get out.
2: Yep. I'm pretty confident it was a Nirvana shirt.
1: Oh, well, you're probably right. Thought, and then, Which I thought was kind of interesting. Funny, because he works at Anovrin, yep. which is Nirvana spelled backwards. Oh, fun, right. fun little Easter eggs.
2: Yep, all the notes I have for these two great episodes that's
1: that's awesome I like that I have a couple of notes I guess a couple that I didn't get to as we were talking and chatting um, a little bit of symbolism I noticed and, and maybe it's just sometimes I don't know where my mind goes and why I think of these things so maybe I'm the only one that thinks this but at 40's house which was super freaking nice by the way Jeez, these kids have
2: yeah.
1: nice houses um, well, I, I know mean, they they're get able paid
2: to, to hide murder so um, obviously they got some money to spare <sighs> That's true.
1: That's true. But damn, nice. Um, so did you notice in the middle of 40s' house, it kind of looked like this glass design in the middle of the house? It was kind of like almost like the glass cage, like Joe's glass cage.
2: Yeah, we're, it seemed like that's probably like a little garden kind of thing.
1: Yeah, like an atrium garden open area that you could walk out into or something, you know. But it's what it looked like is because you could kind of see through his whole house. You could see the kitchen and the living room and a sitting area and all this stuff. And it just looked like this glass cage on the inside, which reminded me of, oh, it looks like somebody just took Joe's glass cage and plopped it right in the middle of the house. So I thought that was kind of fun um, and may not have meant anything at all, but that's kind of what it reminded me of. I just thought it was a beautiful house. I'm like, I would totally live there. Um. I loved Calvin's line. So when there, Joe, in that next episode, P.I. Joe, was trying to figure out, kind of piece together the events of the night before and, you know, kind of be like, you know, pretty much trying to um, eliminate himself as the suspect um, in, in Delilah's demise. Calvin was talking to him about when he was in the store and he says, um, he's like, you kept saying the peaches were mad at you. And I <laughs> laughed because it was like, peach from season one you know because he's talking about the peaches were mad at you and you kept talking about a basement where how do how do you get to the basement I'm like oh it's like the bookstore basement he's having yeah. all these you know weird things from season one um, in his during his weird trippy um thing going on there um I liked this was really funny I laughed so hard this was so meta um 40s line um he says it's so creepy when you get quiet like that and that's Joe's having his inner monologue. Him and Forty are talking and Joe is not speaking because he's. we're hearing his inner monologue and Forty looks at him. He's like, it's so creepy when you get quiet like that. (laughs) I just loved it. It reminded me of um, Fleabag, which I won't say why that reminds me of Fleabag. If you guys watch season two of Fleabag, you'll get that, um, which I highly recommend that show, by the way. It's so, so good. I watched it twice. I literally, I watched it Season one and two, loved it so much, I watched season one and two again. <laughs> anyway, really good. Um, I love... I think it was 40 uh, when he said, you're so fucking money, like that. <laughs> um, reminded me of Swingers. Have you ever seen Swingers? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. That's something they say all... Vince Vaughn all the time kept saying, "It's so money. Um, so that was a good little callback. Um, I really enjoy that movie as well. Um, oh, I wrote down that Dexedrine. It gives... It, Forty was putting dexedrine in his kombucha. I didn't know what that was, so I Googled it, and it's ADHD meds. And so I'm Uh, not really sure the benefits of mixing your ADHD meds with your kombucha. I've had kombucha. Have you had kombucha?
2: Yeah, it's not my thing. Tiffany will drink it every now and then, but it's it's – I think the first time she ever got it, like kind of like not shook it, but like handed it to her really quick, she's like, oh, don't do that. It'll explode. Uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. The, I had a little bit of kombucha once and then I had a, um, a was it wasn't kombucha exactly. It was a probiotic drink though. And it was like, um, apple cider vinegar, a fizzy apple cider vinegar. It was like, just, it was terrible. It was not great. I, I, I didn't like it. Um, We talked about love and uh, her mom's eyes when Joe was high. Um, Joe screaming, Mama Roo, when he walks out the door. That was the safe word. Mama Roo, Mama Roo. (laughs) (laughs) I was dying. Um, And then we talked about 40's line. Every time I looked at your hands, all I saw were lobsters. Um, He was just so factual when he said it. It was just, um, I loved it. That was great. Um, That's all my notes. I like it. Oh, such a good couple episodes oh my god it's making me just chomp the bit to go watch the finale we gotta we gotta get through this podcast dude um well I think that was a really good wrap up of those two I'm really excited to cover the finale next um And so that'll be just the one episode that we cover, um, next week. So with that being said, now that we finished our top five and went through our notes, that brings us to our favorite part of the podcast and that's listener feedback from you, the listeners. Um, so this first one that we had, um, a a really nice listener, Sammy, uh, wrote to me, um, in our um, Instagram message. So last week, um, when we were talking about Milo, the guy that was trying to get all in uh, love, and I had mentioned, because um, he called, was it, did he call Joe? He always calling 40, he called him Champ. And I remember saying uh, that I had read online that for Australians, champ is like an insult. Like it's even more of an insult than calling someone like the see you next Tuesday um, word. And I was like, I wonder if someone would confirm that for me. And Sammy, who's a really uh, loyal listener, wrote into me and she said, listening to your pod now um, can confirm calling someone champ is an insult used in a patronizing way from an Aussie. So we got the va- the validity there. You got
2: confirmation.
1: Got it there. Thank you, Sammy. Um, I had asked for help, um, and and she provided it, so thanks. Just wanted to kind of mention that. I thought she deserved a, a shout-out from that. And in case anyone else was wondering, um, maybe that will be my new insult word now. Call someone champ.
2: Just don't do it in Australia. Just
1: don't do it in Australia. Yeah, I'll get punched. I'll get punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that. Um, do you want to take the next one?
2: Yeah. Uh, So our next one comes from Doug Fix. So the book that Joe puts in his bag is called Play It As It Lays, about American life in the 60s set in a place beyond good and evil Hollywood. Hmm. So uh, time-release handcuffs? Seriously? He could have at least cuffed her near the poop bucket since she is going to be there 16 hours. Joe's head is clearly in the middle of the kitchen window when he is looking at love and no cap. How is he not seen? Mm -hmm. I wolf you always (laughs) I think we all threw up in our mouths a little bit there I have decided to insert wolf instead of love in my vernacular so I wolf pancakes and now we'll sing the air supply song making wolf out of nothing at all 40 is still killing it for me rape I said rape (laughs) shout out to the pillows so based on the timestamp, it took 1 hour and 22 minutes to rewrite the whole script really? The acid trip sequence was trippy to say the least, and it was hard to tell what was real and what was as- acid induced. Mm-hmm. I almost thought he was going to kill 40 twice, and then he races to the storage unit, no lock, and then Delilah. What in the actual cockadoodled blood on Christmas is going on here? <laughs> not callback. cool, not cool at all. I did like the cuffs, time releasing shot, still researching if they are a thing. So the real Will figures out exactly what happened by Joe using the spider metaphor. Smart guy, or actually Joe's cricket, Mm. Jiminy cricket. Uh, Joe was wearing the same clothes as when he was with 40, and based on the blood in the cage, there would be no way to keep it off his clothes. Remind me not to get the same phone case as D had. Short (laughs) drop in the screen cracks. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they should have had him actually accidentally step on it.
1: Yeah, no kidding. That that was weak.
2: Okay, so as mom shows him the gun and said that the dad will never hurt them again, little Joe shoots the dad and she says, you shouldn't have done that, quite nonchalantly. Then in the next breath says, it had to be done. No yeah. wonder Joe is so effed up. Notice when Ellie was texting D, her screen face was blood spattered. And then the second, what the actual fuck, Candace, why? And she did... All she did was get buried alive by her psycho ex, kill the two most decent people on the show. Go ahead and behead Ellie while you're at it. Was that the same bottle used to kill Dee, perhaps? Love is just as twisted. Did she kill the nanny and not 40, as he says? Hmm. Finale time, y'all. So
1: with you there, Doug. Um, great feedback as always. Yeah. Yeah, I like what he said about hard to tell what was real and what was acid-induced. There was really good back and forth between there as they were kind of flipping back and forth from kind of lucidity to, oh, it's kicked in again.
2: Yeah, I always like whenever shows do that. And if it's done well, it it turns out really, really good because it opens up the questions of what was real and what wasn't.
1: Yeah, really good. That was awesome. Thank you, Doug. We've also got a couple of voicemails this week. So, um, a new one this week from one of our listeners from uh, Heinrich.
2: Hallo, it's Heinrich Northman here, and uh, I would just want to put my five top uh, in from you this season. Is I have watched everything. I have. I wasn't strong enough as you guys are, to wait this couple of weeks. So this is my top fives. It's just love, 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 Victoria. She is incredible. It's so, so good story. I loved entire everything of it. And uh, you're doing a great job with this show too. I'm really enjoying everything you do. I will be hearing of you soon I hope. <laughs> Sweet, thank you. Thank
1: you. I love it and what a great accent. He he heard my call. Um
2: mm-hmm.
1: my call to ev- all of our listeners if you have an accident our accent not accident i'm not joe um
2: (laughs) well i mean if you have an accent, you can tell us about it
1: yeah you can tell us about it but if you have an accent you are required to at least one time send us a voice message um and then after that if you want to just uh write in you can um that was lovely heinrich thank you so much and thanks for for listening that was a great voicemail and again love the accent um he asked of us to just do one episode this week. He thought we should have done episodes um, nine and 10 together next week. He won't, he, he wouldn't reveal why, which thank you for not spoiling us um, in, in your email when you sent this. But um, I'm curious now when I go watch the finale, why he thought we should have just done episode eight this week and then done nine and 10 next week. So sorry, Heinrich. That's how the cookie crumbled this week. Um, but I appreciate you writing in. Definitely write in uh, for the finale as well, or better yet, send us a voice message. Um, We have another voice message from our loyal listener, Steve Brown.
0: Hey, Reuben, Sean, it's Steve, and I have a confession to make, first off, that I I think Netflix was really clever with these last five episodes that we, I couldn't stop. (laughs) I I watched six and seven, sent that (laughs) voicemail in that you guys played last week. Then I watched eight and nine and I went right to ten i couldn't I couldn't resist. So Netflix really did a good job of setting these last five up, um, definitely for people to binge so I, uh, I I felt a temptation. I'm sorry I will uh, try to do better next time <laughs> but a few notes um, on eight and nine before we get too far. Uh, I think Joe was really gonna leave. Uh, he you know spent that whole episode after forty had drugged him and he spent the whole episode trying to get his wallet, trying to get his passport, and he, he gets that at the end. And so it's, it's almost like a, an odyssey for him trying to figure out what uh, – trying to get to get his passport. And stuff. And at the very end, he gets it and he discovers Delilah. Um, and so then we get the ninth episode where he's trying to do the whole hangover thing and trace back what happened – but uh, I think it was great that we saw that the reveal that there was enough in the book that if someone really meticulously read it, they could figure out that it was the unnamed ex-boyfriend that killed Beck, not Doctor Nikki. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was that was cool. That was something I've been wanting to get an answer to since the end of the first season, and, or the beginning of this season, whenever it was that I first asked that question. And um, episode nine, uh, we get to see. Joe's bad luck um, kind of come to roost. We finally get to see him start to make some mistakes, start to, to, he drops the phone and all that kind of stuff. But then, of course, that ending, that forced me to go to the next episode that I couldn't resist, that whole with love killing Candace and then coming back in to Joe at the cage and saying, I took care of it. And uh, I almost went to the 10th episode again today, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until (laughs) after I hear you guys' podcast coverage of eight nine before i proceed okay i'll wrap up this with my favorite line from these two episodes which was 40 looking at joe and saying it's creepy when you get quiet like that okay (laughs) and i also love what the show has done with 40 having us go back and forth whether he's a jerk or whether we like him or not Yeah. all right more next week Thanks, oh, awesome. Steve, as always.
2: Yeah, that's great. I expected his favorite line was gonna be about the pillows, but maybe that's just me.
1: It's just you, Sean. I'm telling you, you've got a thing for that pillow. I'm
2: man, uh, I mean, my teenage years were weird. I mean, sometimes pillows are erotic, what can I say?
1: Weren't weren't wasn't that the same for all of us though? I'm t- I don't know. Maybe I just need to invest in a good pillow. I don't know. <laughs> man, I need to go Google what kind of pillow that was um, seem to do, do the work for her. So I don't know. That, that was awesome. Thank you guys so much for the feedback. I just giggle, uh, you know, when I hear, you know, folks talking about how they're, you know, they can't hardly wait to watch the next one. They're sticking with us. And then poor Steve, he's like, I couldn't help it. I had to watch it. And of course we don't blame you. If we weren't podcasting on it, we would have finished this show a long time ago. Um, but we do just try to stick to the, you know, uh, episodes week by week. So we're not, you know, Tarnished um and, and spoiled or anything so but I, I appreciate all of you so much for for writing in and contributing we're down to the last episode guys I, I already did put up the post for the finale episode i knew people had probably already watched um i i know there's probably some activity out there so keep it coming guys um we appreciate you so much
2: yeah thanks everybody All right, so next week, like Rima said, we'll be covering the 10th and final episode from Netflix TV show you titled Love, and I feel like there should be a question mark after this. It should be Love, (laughs) Actually?
1: I know. I think they're missing uh, a punctuation uh, mark there, like you said, like a question mark. I love that. I love their play on the titles.
2: Oh, Um, yeah. I have to double check. I wonder if all of them have been movie titles. I know.
1: I haven't really been paying that much attention until about the midway point here, and they started kind of clicking with me. I just don't know if I was just so into the episodes that I wasn't thinking about it, but yeah, I need to go check those out for sure. Um, Well, we are really excited for you to follow us into the book basement or the storage unit, Um, but until then, you can follow us on Twitter at
2: Strangetecast.com. You can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Stranger T cast. And you can check us on Instagram at strange underscore indeed underscore pod.
1: You can email us at stranger things cast pod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV time app.
2: You can find a bunch of other great podcasts at com. Make sure to leave a review for Stranger deed on Apple podcast. Five stars, please.
1: No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> be honest, but be nice. Um, and speaking of great podcasts, make sure to check out Sean in his other podcast, The Language of Bromance, that comes out every Sunday. What's in store this week, Sean?
2: Oh, we are drafting superhero costumes. So the costumes that we would love to have on display in our house, we don't get superpowers from them in this draft, but we get to wear them and act like we're superheroes. So it was a lot of fun. Cool.
1: That could be one of the totems, like one of the LA oh, totems. Yeah. Random superhero. That's You'll awesome. I to see where
2: Wonder Woman ended up in this.
1: Oh, we got Wonder Woman. Yay! My favorite. That's awesome.
2: <clears throat> All right. Well that's our show, Episode one eighteen, A Fear and Loathing in Beverly Hills and P.I. Joe.
1: Until next time, I'm Rima.
2: And I'm Sean.
1: And Henrik Nordlund is strange indeed.